Well, Alan Pointer spoke last week, so this is actually the third message in a series called Defrost, Keeping the Spiritual Chill Off Your Soul. In the first season of Sesame Street, he was orange, but he still lived in the trash can. We were introduced to a, mop, a Muppet monster, and you know who it was, Oscar the Grouch. And Oscar the Grouch made it almost in vogue to be grumpy. Because of Oscar the Grouch, October the 5th is National Grouch Day. I don't know if you know that. Some of you say, well, every day at my house is National Grouch Day. I, I don't know. It, he, he's cute. He's somewhat lovable. But because of him, Oscar the Grouch, there are websites... You know, www.grouch.com, grouch.org. I mean, they're just websites dedicated. Like, it's an excuse for people to be critical, negative, grouchy, complainy, whiny. I mean, you just kind of go on and on and on. I, I like the next little slide that's going to come up. And I don't know how well you're going to see it. If you're a grouchy, irritable, or just mean, there'll be a $10 charge for putting up with you. You know? Isn't that great? Don't they just kind of drain the light? You know, someone once wrote, a grouch is a person who spreads love and good cheer wherever he or she does not go. I love it. There's nothing that is going to frost your soul like a grouchy, negative spirit. But boy, that just kind of seems to permeate our day. So today's message is all about that. Turn in your Bibles to the book of Colossians. Colossians chapter 4. In this one verse, we've learned three Greek words. Today, I want to teach you a fourth Greek word. Because in Colossians chapter 4 and verse 2, the Bible says this. And I want you to leave your Bibles open to the book of Colossians. Because we are going to kind of journey through this book and uh, kind of see what it has for us. It says in verse 2, Colossians 4, 2, devote yourselves to prayer be watchful and thankful. Now, there are some things I wish were not in the Bible. Do you know how hard it is to work on being thankful? Some of you don't because you're content to be Oscar the Grouch. You're, you're content to be this, this monster thing that lives in trash and you, you ruin your life, and man, you just throw debris and mess in everybody else's life. He said, be watchful, stay alert, give great care to prayer, devote yourself to prayer. And then he says, be thankful. The idea is be ye being thankful. Be always being thankful. In every situation, be thankful. No matter what's going on, be thankful. If it's a good day, be thankful. If it's a bad day, be thankful. If you get a job today, be thankful. If you get fired today, be thankful. You just be thankful. That's hard to do. Isn't it? Because there's just a little bit of something in all of us that wants to complain about, whine about the word thankful is a great word in the Greek language. It is euharistio. Euharistio. Say that with me. Euharistio. Euhari One more time. 
Eucharistio. It means to show feelings of thanks, to demonstrate appreciation, gratitude. It's a deep word. It's not a shallow word. It's a word that, that has depth and it, and it has meaning. In fact, it was one of Paul's favorite words. Forty times in his 13 letters, he uses the word euharistio. And even in the book of Colossians, he uses it seven times alone in this wonderful little book. See, I believe in our self-centered, I deserve it all, it's all about me culture, real thanksgiving, genuine, sincere, heartfelt thanks is hard to live. In his latest book, Jumping Hurdles, Hitting Glitches, Overcoming Setbacks, Steve Brown writes this, and this is so good. He said, the most unhappy person in the world is not someone who doesn't get what he or she wanted. The most unhappy person is the one who got what he or she wanted and then found out that it wasn't as wonderful as they expected it to be. The secret of a happy life is not to get what you want, but to live with what you've got. Isn't that a great line? The secret of a happy life is not to get what you want, but it's... To live with what you've got. Most of us spend our lives concentrating on what we do not have instead of thanking God for what we do have. Then we wake up, our life is over, and we miss the beauty of the present, and then we don't get, and when we don't get it, then we grouch about it. Fred Smith said, I find it hard to be depressed and grateful at the same time. Therefore, I discipline my mind to be thankful for the blessings of the present. So today we want to celebrate, we want to honor Eucharistio. Eucharistio. We want to understand what it is to have gratitude. Matter of fact, I want you to journey with me through the book of Colossians. And I, I, if you don't have your Bible, I want you to start bringing your Bible. If you have your Bible, I want you to follow along in your Bible. And I want you to circle the word thanks, thankful, thankfulness. The derivatives of the word thanks. Of this Eucharistio. All right? Look at verse 3. Paul says that he's thankful for their faith. I always thank God, the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. And then verse 4, he says, I'm, I'm thankful for your faith. I'm thankful for the love that you have one to another. And I'm thankful that the gospel is bearing fruit wherever it goes. Paul says, I'm thankful for that. Matter of fact, what you find Paul not thanking God for is his house, his job, his health, his children, is this, is that. He always runs straight to Jesus, and somehow his praise is attached to the working of Christ, either in the lives of the church, in the lives of people, or in his own heart. Look at verse 7, or verse 12. Paul says that Christians giving thanks to God the Father. Paul says that Christians are to express joyful thanks to the Father because they share in the inheritance of the saints. It's right there in verse 13. Because they share in the inheritance of the saints, because they, uh, they are rescued from sin, they're redeemed, and they have received forgiveness, redemption of sin. And my goodness, if that isn't something to truly say, God, I thank you that I am counted among the redeemed. I thank you that my sins are gone. I'm thankful that one day I gave you my heart and you gave me your love. You gave me your grace and your mercy washed all my sins away. So I'm thankful for what you did for me on the cross. 
Look at chapter 2 and verse 7. Circle these words. Man, seven times it's there. We'll start at verse 6. So just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthen the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Overflowing. Overflowing. Do you remember the first time we let our kids try to fill up their milk glasses or their water glasses at the table? First of all, we weren't sure enough that they had enough strength to hold the milk jug or the pitcher. When we got over that, then we weren't sure if they had the motor skills to make the aim to get the tip of the the pitcher into the top of the glass. And then if your children were like my children, they were easily distracted. And we never knew if they were going to stop. Hey, this overflowing thanks means that the water, the milk, it just keeps pouring and pouring, and pouring, and pouring. It's not an annual event because back in the day, George Washington declared that we would have, and other presidents declared that Thanksgiving would be a national holiday. It's not a a thanks day because your child is born, and it's not just a a one-time event or a, a punctiliar event on a calendar. Man, when we talk about this overflowing heart, and it overflows because our roots go deep and our hearts go up, Because we rejoice, look at verse 7 and what it says. Because we're strengthened in the faith. Go to chapter 3 and verse 15. Paul said, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body you are called to peace and be thankful. Do you understand if you follow Paul's movements from chapter 1 to chapter 3. Every time he just keeps expanding the borders of, of you haristio. It just gets bigger and bigger until finally he gets the first 15. He says, I'll just be thankful. It ought to be a characteristic of your life as a child of God. There ought to be no such thing as a grouchy Christian. I'm not saying you can't have one every now and again. I'm just saying if the pattern of your life is negative and grouchy and you've always got something to hammer your spouse about or hammer your children about and you're not teaching them thankfulness, something is askew in your spiritual walk. Then go to verse 17. Paul goes even farther. He says, and whatever you do, whatever you do, whether you're eating and drinking, whether it's word or deed, do it all in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks. Giving thanks. Basically, Paul is now saying, be thankful. And if you can't do it with a thankful heart, then don't do it at all. You see how he just keeps making this so that thankfulness is a part of us. And man, this eucharistio is hard to live in our culture today. For it says, it's all about me. And I want what I want when I want it. And I think of the quote that says, the secret of a happy life is not to get what you want, but to live with what you've got. Paul tells, and by the way, then you come to chapter 4 and verse 2. And in the context of prayer, he says, devote yourself. Be relentlessly devoted to prayer. Stay alert. And be grateful. With sincere appreciation, 
show things. Probably a key word in that euharistio is the word show. Because most of us fellows, we love our wives and we're thankful for them. Our problem is not being thankful for them. Our problem is the show that we're thankful for them. Am I right about that, ladies? You can go ahead and amen. You're not complaining if you amen. If you amen twice, that gets a little grouchy, okay? It's hard for us as we go, you know, I don't know what it is. Amen. Men, I've told you this before. Whenever we talk about the family, men are emotionally challenged. You have to help us. We need help. Paul tells this wonderful thing about thankfulness. There's two truths about thankfulness that I just want you to get. First of all, thankfulness, a euharistio heart, must run deep into the core of who we are as Christians. As a Christ follower, this attitude of gratitude, this thankfulness in my heart has to run to the core, to the center of who I am. I can't fake it. I I have to have this genuine appreciation, this, this showing of gratitude. I have to have this thankfulness in my heart. How about you? Where's your heart in this business of gratitude? You know, parents in every generation have asked their children... The same question. My parents ask it of me. I ask it of my children. And they're going to ask it of their children. After a child receives a gift from someone, the parent always says the same things to their kids. Whether it's a compliment or whether it's a gift, we parents go, what do you say? Now, we know what we mean by that. We mean, boy, don't you embarrass me right now. You stand up with a little respect and you say, thank you. Blake, when he was little, was not much of a talker. That's my youngest. And a lady was in the the store just making over Blake. And my wife was about to hit that, you know, that moment where she says, well, what do you say? And Blake looked right at her after she just made over him and just doted on him and just the whole thing. And my kid, who takes after his mother, my kid looked at this woman and said, get a life, you know. (laughs) That's not what a parent wants to hear. I just like trauma time. Luckily, the lady was old. She didn't have good hearing. My wife said, or she said, what did he say? My wife said, I'm not sure. And my wife literally burned rubber with that baby buggy trying to get out of that, out of that store. See, after our kids receive a gift, a compliment, anything that, that, that was given in kindness, we say, what do you say? Right? That's the parent in us. What do you say? You know? It doesn't matter. My parents would ask me, what do you say to the nice man? What do you say to Aunt Eva for her Velveeta Spam and Lima Bean casserole? All kids know that this really isn't the question. Parents are not looking for information here, are we? By the way, my parents would have been surprised if I would have said, Aunt Eva, what in heaven's name are you thinking? You should never be allowed to cook for a human being ever again in your lifetime. That is not what they want. 
My parents would have been very surprised if I would have said anything like that. What they wanted to hear me go was, thank you. My parents also would have been surprised if I would have said, and Eva, I have a sense of awe and wonder at what I've experienced here today. I am a child, and without an adult providing for me, as you have done, I would die. You have done it freely as an act of love and service for me, and Eva, you are a humanitarian in the name of children everywhere. I salute you. <laughs> My dad would have slapped me upside the head. You see, Thanksgiving isn't mechanical. And Thanksgiving isn't stiff. True haristio comes from a genuine, soft heart. That is truly appreciative of what God has done in our lives. Even if our children, even if children don't feel gratitude, we want them to learn to offer thanks. And I sometimes need to offer thanks simply because it's the right thing to do, even if I don't feel like it. Because I owe a debt of gratitude. You know, our hope is that our children won't parent the words. The, the hope is that one day they'll live a grateful, they'll, they'll live with grateful hearts and become grateful people. And the ability to express gratitude and Offer heartfelt praise and thanksgiving is one of the fundamental signs of spiritual health and spiritual wholeness. So when Paul said, devote yourself to prayer, be watchful, be thankful. It wasn't filler till he got to the end of the chapter. It was, euharistio uh, was his, one of his favorite words. Because it talks about praise and honor. The psalmist David wrote, let me live that I might praise you. You can translate that verse this way. Let me live my life in a way that reflects how thankful I am to you for all you've done for me. Gratitude flows out of a kind of a vision. It's vision that learns to see that all of life is a gift. One of the greatest thoughts I've ever read on this whole article comes from an author by the name of G.K. Chesterton. And this is what he said at the end of the day. Listen to what he said. Here ends another day during which I have had eyes, ears, hands, and a great world around me. Tomorrow begins another day. Why am I allowed to? Isn't that great? We live so much in the present. Why am I allowed to? I'll tell you why you're allowed to. It's because you got, have a God who loves you. And every night says, now I will give you the gift of rest. And every morning you have a God who wakes you and says, now wake up and I'll give you the gift of life again. Because this gift of life that God gives us is a good thing. Yes, there's often pain and suffering attached to it. But life itself is a good thing. It was intended by God to be lived, and life is very good, and it's a very good gift. So where's your heart on this? Too many of us are not thankful because we live in the land of if just. Anybody here live in the land of if just? If I was just a little taller. If I was just a better singer. Don Myers, let me sing on a stinking praise team. 
if I was just a little wealthier, if I was just married to the right person, if my kids would just, and we do this if just scenario, if just, if just, if just, and we live there, if I just had a better job, if just, flawed as it may be, I have to learn to be grateful for my body, my home, my friends, my work, my mind, my life. And if I wait for perfect gifts, this is going to become a shock to some of you. If I wait for perfect gifts on this earth, you're never going to get them because we are imperfect people living in an imperfect world. And the best we could do is give us something that's imperfect. But there's a day coming where we won't live in this world any longer. There's a time coming when you wake up in the morning and your joints won't be stiff and your body won't be tired, your day won't be filled with stress. So what do you say? What do you say? God's giving you gift after gift after gift. What do you say? say thank you but now it's not the child that we want to say thank you we don't want it parented we want eucharistio showing things deep sense of gratitude because the very core of who we are man thankfulness ought to run down to the very core of who we are and man not only should thankfulness run to the very core of who we are it ought to run straight to Jesus you know that everything, if you look all 40 ex, uh, times that Paul used this phrase, euharistio, thankful, thankfulness, thanks, thanked. It is always in content, it is always in connection with the work of God going on around the world. This focus of true gratitude is when we thank him for his redemptive work on the cross, his payment for our sins, his gift of eternal life, that new birth experience that we have in Jesus Christ. A thankful heart is when you devote yourself and you truly worship God, and worship is one of the highest expressions of eucharistio that you can do. It's not singing words. It's not about totem. It's not about, oh, good, good, good. I like that song. They're singing my song today. Worship is about euharistio. It's about giving a deep sense of gratitude to the one who saved you. It's about showing the a, a sincere thanks for the one who redeemed you and purchased you through his shed blood on Calvary's cross, out of the marketplace of sin, adopted you into his family, and placed you squarely in the kingdom of God so that your name is written down in the Lamb's book of life and heaven is now your home. That is something to be thankful for. So what do you say? What do you say? You see, sometimes, sometimes we get so wrapped up that we just simply forget to say, thank you. Jesus Christ went to earth to pay for our sin debt and went back to heaven so you and I could live forever. What do you say? 
We have a Savior who died on the cross, took your punishment, took your shame, took your, somebody else's spit that should have been in your face. On his face, what do you say? We have a Savior who on the third day, despite the very best that Satan had to throw at him on that day, death, hell, and the grave could not hold him. He rose triumphantly from the grave, conquering sin, defeating Satan, and putting an end once and for all to its power and his power in our life. What do you say? See, here's what a lot of us do. We go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did, I, uh, did I turn the oven off? See, that's what the guys are thinking. The wives are going, oven, nothing. You're taking me out to eat today, buddy. Heart felt true. Euharistio is where we come and we focus and we worship because our thankfulness doesn't go, and we're not thankful because God's given us a house, and we're not thankful because God has given us a husband or a wife, and we're not thankful because God has given us children, we're not thankful because God has given a car, and God has given us this, and God has given us that. The thing we are most truly thankful for, the thing that ought to move us to Eucharistio, is because God has given us his son. That whosoever will, believes in him, should not perish, but have everlasting life. And when you read that God has given gift after 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 gift to us through his son, Jesus Christ, what do you say? The word euharistio, the word euharistio, if you were to say it and transliterate it into English, it's the word Eucharist. It's what some movements or, or some groups call the Lord's Supper, the table of Eucharist, the, the table of thanksgiving, the table of gratitude, the table of appreciation. And the invitation is really going to be way different today, but if we don't do things way different, we're not Kirby Church, are we? Today, listen, I just simply invite you to Eucharistio to show deep appreciation, to show sincere gratitude. I invite you to partake of the Lord's Supper. You have to be a believer, and you have to have a clean heart before the Lord. And if you're a believer and you have a clean heart before the Lord, I invite you to come and in a very private, personal moment, just as you take the bread and drink the cup and do it in that order, the bread and then the cup, and we'll have people here to assist you Man, whether you stand there and you give thanks, whether you kneel here and give thanks, whether you go back to your seat and give thanks, give thanks with a grateful, grateful heart.